0: This message was presented at the GYC conference by many or by few in Louisville, Kentucky. For other resources like this, visit us online at GYCweb.org.
1: Okay, they've turned the volume up for sure, so you should be able to hear us better now. Um, So here's the thing. If we talk about what the main goal of parenting is... I think it's something clear that we would all agree on. I mean, the simple fact that we're here at GYC means that this is something that we're passionate about. And the main goal of parenting is to bring our kids to Jesus Christ. Anything else becomes meaningless in light of that. So that is what we're going to spend the next four sessions talking about. How can we, as parents, disciple our children to bring them to Jesus Christ how how can we better do that what are some tools and that
0: so one thing um, that we sometimes miss the point on as parents is uh, that we start we f- might think about our goal but we start then working toward our goal and we always start planning with step one right um, and that seems smart and normal and natural, but the thing is, is um, it's important to work backward. It's important to start with the goal first and think, now, main goal in mind, I can't think of step one without thinking of the main goal first and foremost. So we sometimes make a plan with step one, and then we sort of hope we end up at the goal. But you've got to keep the goal in mind and work backward from that. So, so as parents, that's important to do. So every day, you wake up with your goal in mind. That's what you're praying about. That's what you're thinking about. And the steps follow from the goal um, and not the other way around. You don't reach the goal from the steps. Does that make sense to everybody? So we're working backward a little bit. In in education, we call it backward design. Um, and it makes a lot of sense, not just for school, but also for parenting and um, for life. And it's really easy, really easy, to get bogged down in the details, in the minutia of parenting, the little things that take up our time and our energy, um, emotionally and physically, and feel like those things are the point. Um, but... We've got to keep the goal in mind so that we stay focused on what the actual battles that we want to fight, what are the actual um, things that we want to focus on that are getting us to our goal with our kids, that saving relationship with Jesus Christ.
1: This is definitely a biblical idea. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, we have what's called the Shema. And um, this was immediately following the Ten Commandments as they're found in Deuteronomy. But here it reads, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I'm commanding you in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk to them about when when you are home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates." Um, I just want to spend a couple moments unpacking this. What is it that we're passing on to our children? This is not a rhetorical question. What, what is it that we're asked to pass on here? His words. Okay. The love for the Lord, that relationship. Okay. And so it's starting out with that. Like that's what you're supposed to pass on. And when, when do you do it? absolutely every moment. I mean, and here it uses bookends from when you lie down to when you wake up. You you need some pens? Okay. And where do we do this? Absolutely everywhere, yeah. When you are at home and when you're away, that, that covers it. Either you're at home or you're not. And so realize that Discipleship parenting means that there is no off time. There are no breaks. There's no space where you are not responsible. Um, But then also we have to use every possible tool to bring our kids to Jesus. And one of those tools is discipline. How do we discipline in a way that brings our kids to Jesus?
0: So before we get into this too far, um, I just want you to talk to each other again. You guys are at round tables because we want this to be an interactive experience. So um, we learn better when we talk about the things that we're learning. So, I want you to just share with the people at your table what comes to mind when you hear the word discipline. And it means a lot of different things. So just take maybe like 30 seconds and share with each other what first pops into your mind when you think about the word discipline. Okay, so- so, who's willing to raise their hand and just let us know what comes to mind? What What did you guys talk about? Punishment. punishment okay. Anything else? Who else thought punishment? Actually, first of all, who? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty normal. Um, yes. Self control. Self control. Discipline is self control. Obedience. obedience. Okay. Anything else? Yes. Building character for your life—a positive thing. Okay. How many of you think of discipline as a positive thing first and foremost? Okay, you can tell your parents. Yeah, might be different if we ask just the kids. But um, okay, thanks. We. We just want to get an idea because discipline means different things to different people and and it's a word with more than one meaning. So we're going to talk about um, another word that, that came up, which is punishment. And discipline and punishment are often closely related, but they're not the same thing. Um, but unfortunately, we think a lot about um, we think a lot about punishment when we're thinking about discipline. And um, and so I just wanted to talk a little bit about the differences. So I'm not sure if everybody can see this. It's also on the resource handout for this seminar, so you can download it um, on your devices. Um, but this chart is available for you guys. Um, But discipline involves teaching and learning, Okay, Discipline and disciple have the same root. um, And they come from a word that means pupil or student. Um, So discipline is really about learning. And discipline discipline is about teaching. So um, as a parent, we're teaching our kids, and our kids are learning. Um, Discipline is training for future behavior. When we're talking about discipline, we're talking about looking forward. We're talking about giving giving our kids the tools that they'll need in the future um, to be successful in this life and in the world to come. And discipline is ongoing. Discipline never stops. Um, Just because we're not kids anymore doesn't mean that as parents, we don't need discipline ourselves. We're constantly learning. We're being taught by our experiences, by wiser people around us, by the Holy Spirit. Discipline is ongoing. It never stops. Um, it's, it's essentially positive. It's a positive thing. We don't ever want to stop being disciplined um, because, because we want to keep learning and growing. Um, punishment on the other hand is a lot more negative um, and it's a penalty for an offense. Um, it involves pain or suffering. Now, I don't mean it's not always physical pain that punishment involves. A lot of times, it's emotional pain or uh, psychological pain, some kind of pain. And some punishments are are much more intense pain than other punishments, right? Um, but it involves some sort of pain because if if it doesn't hurt a little in some kind of way, it's not really a punishment, is it? Um, and then. Punishment, it's, punishment doesn't look forward. Punishment looks back. It looks at what has happened, and it focuses on that offense. Um, And it's a reaction. Punishment, hopefully, is not an ongoing, lifelong thing. It's it's a reaction to something that has happened. Um, So there are some key differences. Now, often, with discipline comes some kind of punishment. Um, whether that's a natural punishment that occurs. It's it's some kind of a natural consequence. Some consequences are punishments and some are not. Um, But so we're not looking at punishment as necessarily like an evil, horrible word, but it is a very different word than discipline. And so um, what we we want to say is that to build disciples... To grow our children into disciples is we really want to focus on discipline because discipline does the heavy lifting of character development punishment doesn 't um, punishment keeps us looking backward at the things that we 've done at the things that our children have done, and parents often actually even punish ourselves we punish ourselves for uh, the mistakes that we make as parents and for um, you know when we 're embarrassed or sad at the mistakes our children have made, Um, we we tend to punish ourselves sometimes. Um, But what we really um, could focus on to be more more positive and more constructive is really focus on the discipline and moving forward, how can we do better? And that's what uh, the basis of um, loving Christian discipline is. Um, And I think I skipped something before, right? So is that, did I skip that? Yeah, okay. So I just wanted to, to go back to this. Parenting for discipleship, which is our main goal as Christian parents, it means we're teaching, we're guiding our kids to grow closer and more like Jesus every day. Discipline does the heavy lifting in that work, not so much punishment. okay so some basic tips these are super general because different parents different families have different dynamics different personalities um, but in general these are really good tips you want to stay calm as much as possible usually at least in my case no good ever comes of me losing it with my kids with my spouse with anybody um, it it doesn't usually help the situation if you can stay calm as a parent, it goes a long way toward, um, toward working toward discipline with our kids. And, and actually staying calm in the face of a tantrum or the face of defiance or in the face of anything that our kids present to us um, that, that might be an issue or a struggle, um, it actually demonstrates to them discipline. Um, our own discipline. So uh, staying calm is a, is a practice of discipline in and of itself. Um, firmly address misbehavior. Now saying that we're focusing on discipline and being positive and constructive doesn't mean that we don't address misbehavior because behavior is important um, and, and you can't have discipline without um, instruction and addressing things that are not going well. Um, But you can be firm and calm at the same time. Yelling doesn't equal firm. um, And being quiet doesn't equal soft on crime. (laughs) Um, And we can teach better responses. So if we want our kids to not scream at each other or not hit each other or not... You know, slam doors when we tell them no, that they can't do something, or, um, you know, whatever it is, we have got to teach them what to do instead. And a lot of times we go straight to, you know, we go straight to the punishment, you know, Um, you're grounded, no devices, whatever it is, sit in the corner whatever it is that you guys do, um, a lot of times, and I do this too, we go straight to the consequence and we don't look back. Timeout is over. You say your apology. You say, don't do that again. But we forget that our kids are still kids and they're still learning. And we need to actively and intentionally teach them what needs to happen the next time. So Instead of slamming the door, you could express your discontent another way. (laughs) You know, um, you can say, you know, you can tell me why you're upset that you can't have the iPad for three hours every day. You can tell me why you're upset that you can't go to the mall. I will listen to you, but you need to speak to me respectfully. Or you can say you can go to your room and take a moment without me sending you there and teach your kids how to have a time out for themselves that's constructive. Or we've given our our son permission to tell us, I kind of want to take a little walk with you to calm down. He doesn't utilize that one too often, but... But he has done it a few times. And it's not going to, I mean, it's not a magic bullet. It's not going to happen instantly that our kids pick up on these things and you're never going to have the issue again. But we need to be intentional about teaching better responses, and that's a step that a lot of parents miss. And um, even I miss it a lot of times because, because in that moment, we're not thinking about our main goal. We're thinking about, you disrespected me you punched your brother. You, I keep saying brother because I have two boys. Um, sisters do bad things too. I know I have one. Um, but <laughs> but uh, if it, it, I just use boys because the, that's what I have. So uh, I'm always getting boys in, in trouble. But um, we need to teach better responses. And that is not something that just happens by accident. And if we blow up, and say, you just yelled and screamed at your brother without asking him nicely, you know. That's teaching the wrong lesson. Um, So teaching better responses through our responses and then also intentionally saying, hey, this is what I want from you in this situation next time. Um, Show grace and mercy. How many of you have received grace and mercy at some time in your life? All of you have, because God is good, right? Um well, as parents, we don't always dole out grace and mercy freely um, and 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 I think there's something to being more gracious and merciful. Um, our son has received some grace and mercy recently um, and it was not easy to get there because we were still pretty upset about the way he had been acting. Um, but, but you know, it teaches our kids a good lesson um, to show grace and mercy sometimes and without saying, this is only because I'm really merciful. <laughs> but it's hard to resist doing that. Um, and then the last, that brings me to the last one, which is a little tricky too. Um, move on and let go. Um, I don't know, maybe you guys are really good at this, but how many of you, you don't have to raise your hand for this one, how many of you have said to your kids, and last week you did that same thing and then two weeks ago you did it and then you did it yesterday and now you did it this morning three times, you know? Okay, yeah, (laughs) And, and I mean, does it feel good when somebody points out every single time that you've made a mistake in your whole life? It doesn't, and especially for the little ones, those last two weeks are basically their whole life that they remember very well. So, um, so, you know, we can remember very well the offenses of our children, but we don't often, when they say, thanks, Mommy, for the yummy meal, you don't say, last week you said thank you, and two weeks ago you said thank you two times. You know, we don't do that. So, you know, when we keep a record of our of our children's wrongdoings, it doesn't necessarily need to come out, and we don't need to speak that to them. Um, because if they don't remember, it's because they're little and they don't remember, and if they do remember, they don't need us to remind them. Um, most of us don't need reminding of the wrongs that we've done, uh, you know, to our spouses, to to anybody in the past. We don't need constant reminding. We usually do a good enough job of that ourselves. Um, so once, once the offense is committed, once you've addressed it firmly and kindly, and shown some grace and mercy because our, st- our kids are still growing and learning, then we can really move on and really let go and not keep bringing it back to our kids. Um, and all of these things, I, it's really simple to like write them in a list. It's harder to do them on a daily basis, Um, but but parenting is, it's work, Um, and it's actually kind of hard work, and so, um, you know, it's going to take some time and effort, but it's going to be worth it. Oh, it's still me. Okay. Um, So, basic steps to form an intentional discipline plan. Um, It's so much better if you have a plan, guys. Um, It's easy to wake up every morning and wing it. But if you have a plan, it's so much easier. So first step in the plan is pray. uh, Because all of the things that we have to do are hard. And God makes it easier. Um, And he's listening and he's helping. And he is the ultimate parent. So pray. Uh, That's the first step. It's pretty self-explanatory. Ask for wisdom, ask for calm, peace, ask for love, ask for grace and mercy yourself, and ask to be gracious and merciful to others. Um, You know, and also ask for sanity and remembering your shopping list and all the other things that you need to do too. Um, Number two, use backward design. Start with the goal in mind and go from there. Don't start at step one every day. Think about that saving relationship with Jesus that we're working toward for our kids and start from there. Um, Number three, discuss discipline strategies. So talk about it with your spouse, with your co-parent, with God if you are a single parent. Talk about it. Because um, bouncing it off of somebody makes it a lot easier. If you are in a two-parent home and you have a partner with you that's raising your kids with you, then get on the same page with them, if at all possible. Because that's going to make your life 100% easier. I think we've probably all been in situations where mom and dad handled a situation differently or in a way that might have even disgruntled the other parent. I mean, we don't ever get disgruntled, but just kidding. Um, But it's so much easier if we're on the same page. Um, Our kids know when we're not on the same page, and we feel it deeply as well. Um, So if you can discuss it with your partner, figure out what's going to work for both of you to be consistent, that's going to make it so much easier on your kids and it's going to make it so much easier on yourselves so if at all possible work it out with your partner and um number four this is kind of a subset of number three actually use common language so um so if you say you know that is disrespectful and respect is important And your spouse says, that's rude. I don't want you to be rude. Well, you're both trying to teach the same lesson. But for, I mean, depending on how old your kids are, obviously older kids are going to have an easier time with that. But for my little two-year-old, rude and disrespectful, he doesn't know that they both mean the same thing. It can be confusing. Our kids are really smart, they're really fast, kids learn very quickly, but we can make it easier on them by using consistent language. So, you know, trying to think about how are we going to phrase these things so that they understand what we mean, so that they learn very quickly from context what we mean when we're saying that's disrespectful. Um, and so, if you're using a common language with your spouse, And even with other caregivers, if you have babysitters or things like that, that will make things easier as well, common language. And one way you can use common language is to um, make a list of family core values, and we'll talk about that um, a little bit more in a different session.
1: Basically, when it comes to kids, there are two philosophies. And, I mean, there's lots of different philosophies, but I'm going to basically take everything and put it into two camps. And that is, one, your children are born sinful, terrible beings. And the other is, yeah, they have a human nature, but how do we raise them only knowing Jesus? And so the one, we believe, like, okay, we've got to convert our children and we've got to discipline them in such a way that it pushes them to Jesus. And the other is... How do we raise them knowing only Jesus? How do we lead them to Jesus? And so, um, bottom line, discipline is a way of teaching our kids to find their way to Jesus. It's not about hurting them to Jesus. It's about leading them into that saving relationship. And if you read through what Ellen White says about parenting, there's no question where she stands on this. It's this idea of raising your kids in a world where they grow up only knowing Jesus. I mean, let's be honest. Sin entered the world because of knowledge of good and evil. How can we raise our kids as close to good as possible? And so it's introducing them to Jesus at every possible moment. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 when you're at home and when you're away. Every possible moment, every method. And discipline is one of those methods. It is not the only thing we do to bring our kids to Jesus. But it is a tool that we need to use. How can we, as parents, expect our kids to grow up only knowing Jesus if we're not setting boundaries, if we're not helping lead them on that journey? So we have an activity. You want me to do this? or OK. So what I want you to do is turn to the person next to you. And I want you to give them an object. Okay, It can be your pen. And this is not for them to keep. So don't worry. They'll, they'll give it back. But I, I want you to give them an object. Okay, that was easy, right? In fact, as I watched, a lot of you were able to do it with little to no communication. You can give an object without speaking the same language, you can give an object without knowing that person or anything about them. It's easy. Giving an object, no problem. Okay, so your next task
0: is a little bit trickier. It's, um, we'll put it up on the board. It's to give your partner, your person that you're sitting next to, um, some new knowledge that they do not already have. So, I mean, it might be your name, if you haven't talked about that yet. It might be, um, your, you don't have to share your deepest, darkest secret, I guess. Um, you can, if you really want to. Um, it can be, you know, a interesting fact about yourself or where you're from, anything, new knowledge. So you have a few seconds to share some brand new knowledge.
1: Okay, we're going to bring that to a close. I feel like when it comes to sharing information, some of us could go on a while, so... So who learned something new? Okay, some of you, good, good. Now, this process of learning new information, it's a little bit of a more difficult task, isn't it? It's going to take some communication. Um, I work with junior high students, and I have them do this as well. And there's always one or two who tries doing it with no talking. Um, and that's fun to watch. But it it takes a little bit more effort. When we're, when we're sharing information, it, it's going to involve communication. We're going to have to have shared language. We're going to have to um, maybe have some back and forth. It can't all be one way to make sure that we're comprehending and so forth. Um, now, when we talk about giving a relationship, I want you... To just talk to the person next to you, if you were to share with them a relationship, how would you do that?
0: Give it a try. Try to make the person next to you really love your best friend the way that you do. Or, um, you know, maybe your mom is really awesome. Help the person next to you love your mom as much as you do. Give it a go. We'll give you like a whole minute for that. Okay, so um, how many of you even tried? Right, yeah, not so many. Okay, because thank you for trying. Um, some of you need to work on your obedience, um, but we'll address that in a later session. Um, but how many of you manage to, I mean, how many people feel at least a little bit of affection for this new person that you didn't know about before? Okay, a little bit of affection. Okay, how many of you are, you know, willing to, like, move across the country to to like be with this person. (laughs) All right, well, yeah, it's really hard to pass on love for someone else, right? That that you don't know, that you haven't met, you don't have any context for this person, or at least not much. Um, That's really tricky, it's really tricky, and that's what we're trying to do with our kids. We're trying to pass on a relationship with Jesus, and it's not something that we're gonna accomplish in a day. Or a week or a month or a year or a decade, and we have a limited amount of time with our kids, don't we um, so it's not an easy task. We thought we'd end with this very discouraging piece of news that it's a hard job, and um, yeah it's not going to be it's not it's not going to get easier, so just kidding, we're not really ending with that um, but <laughs> but Um, but you can see at least a little bit of the enormity of our, of our task, right? As, as parents, as parenting for discipleship. And I mean, the good news is, is that God is even greater than your mom or your best friend or your spouse or the person that you're trying to make the person next to you love so much. Um, God is amazing and he speaks for himself. Um, so that's, that's the good news.
1: Yeah, there's no question about it. Relationships take time. And so if you're wanting to pass on a relationship, you're going to have to have a lot of time, but also you have to have a relationship to pass that on. And so easy, it's so easy as parents to get caught up in those moments that we neglect our own relationship with Jesus It's so easy as parents to get so worried about behavior that we miss the relationship. And so I think, I want us just to take a moment and at our tables, how did Jesus discipline? Because Jesus, I mean, as far as the greatest disciple maker ever, he took... 12 men, and changed the world. So how did Jesus discipline? Take, take a couple moments and talk about that. Now the, the papers I handed out are for something that's coming next. Okay. So what what are some instances that we've come up with? What are some instances that we've come up with? Some examples of Jesus's discipline. Un- unconditional love. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Personal example. Yeah, the way he lived. Always being true to what you say. Yeah. Now there, there was no question about it. Everything Jesus did was preparing for that moment in Matthew twenty-eight when he was going to send the disciples out. Like he, he was continually preparing them for that. Um, there were definitely some times where he did some rebuking. Let's let's not pretend that. Because Jesus is loving that he was never stern. Um, I mean, I can think of a couple examples with Peter that come to mind. Straight up looks at Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan. That's real. I mean, and there are times as parents you kind of feel like saying that to your children. Um, But that wasn't the sternest rebuke that Peter got. At the cross, two disciples completely betrayed Jesus. We often just focus on Judas, but Peter did too. At Jesus' deepest, darkest moment, Peter says, I don't even know him. Peter completely and totally rejected Jesus. At the moment when Jesus was completely and totally giving his life for Peter. And the way Jesus addresses that is mind-boggling. He addresses it by saying, Peter, do you love me? And when Peter says yes, he says, Peter, do you love me? Yes. Peter, do you love me? And then they moved on. It's easier said than done. But if our main goal, if our main goal is bringing our children to Jesus Christ. It's got to inform the way we discipline. It's got to inform the way we live. It's got to inform every aspect of our lives, the way we interact with our kids. And we're going to mess up. We are going to fail. But the beautiful thing is our failures become another example of how we can show God's grace. Our failures become another example of how we can Draw our kids back to Jesus. Another example of how we can model that unconditional love.
0: Well, we're we're going to wrap up in just a few minutes our first session, and um, before we let you go. Um, Ben passed out one piece of paper to every table. And this is for you to do one more activity with. Um, The first thing I want you to do is draw a line down the middle of the paper. Doesn't really matter which direction, you can choose. We're flexible that way. Just use one piece. If you have an extra one, just leave it at your table. We'll use it um, in another session. That's fine. So draw a line down the center of your paper. You can choose one person to do the writing or you can take turns, however we trust you to figure it out. Um, Then on one side of the paper, um, write what we learned. So just say, what we learned at the top, that's the title. And on the other side of the paper, um, what we want to know. So on the other side of your line, you can write what we want to know. So you can each respond. You can respond together as a table. It doesn't matter to us. We just kind of want to get an idea of if you didn't learn anything new, you can write on the what we learned side, you can write um, a point that you liked or that you thought was interesting or that you particularly um, had never thought about before anything so don't write every single thing that you learned probably but just you know the main idea that you're going to take away from this session if you're not going to take anything away don't tell us I'm not taking anything away just leave it blank it will hurt less um, and and on the other side of the paper if you have any questions um, we're going to do a question and answer session at the end of the fourth session um, so You know, you can save your questions for then, but if we know ahead of time, then we can kind of plan to answer questions that seem like common themes, um, and that will help us out a little bit. Um, So if you have any questions for us uh, that you'd like us to address, we will do that in the fourth session. You can write that down on the question side of the paper. Does everybody have everything that they need to do this? Okay, I'm going to give you a couple minutes, and then we'll close with prayer um, before... Uh, before our time is up. This message was recorded at the GYC conference by many or by few in Louisville, Kentucky. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to challenge and inspire young people to take a sacrificial initiative for Christ. To download other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org.